Amen. Go ahead, have a seat. There are a million different papers near you, so if you're a tree hugger, today is going to be a rough service. Uh, so the offering we're talking about today, uh, the first one that we just prayed for, that is the envelope that does not look like this. Uh, so this is how we give and fund Mountain View Sunnyside right here. We used to have a big, wonky wooden box uh, that we figured we could use that outside because we're probably only going to be outside for a couple weeks. No big deal. Yeah, six months later, we decided the box has to go. Now there are nice little metal boxes. There's one right by the sound booth, and there's one before you get out the door. Uh, that's where you can securely drop your offering, uh, and that will go towards funding everything that happens here and all that stuff. Uh, today, though, is Live the Mission Sunday, so we talk about work that God is doing through us as we go give and praise. So there's lots of papers that we're going to talk about. Uh, this is our annual report of great things that happened in 2020. This might be the only place where you get to see great things that happened in 2020 because of work that, uh, work that happened out of funding that people like us gave, if you give to Mountain View Sunnyside, uh, 36 out of every $100 that was given went outside these walls uh, to reach people who don't know Jesus. So that's really cool. And then this, we're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, this piece is the one that you're going to want to have with you uh, for today. This is the black and white envelope. There's a QR code. Why? Because today we're taking an offering. We're going to give toward work uh, that God is doing globally that we get to be part of. And how we get to be part of it, that is all on this paper. So it says, live the mission, go, live the mission, give, live the mission, pray. And we're going to talk about how those things relate to us. And all this boils down uh, to one unique part about us as a church, and really the church in general, is the church in in general, is the most backwards club in the universe. Because the more you get here and the more you care about what goes on here, the more you're more focused on everyone else who has nothing to do with this place. So there are a few numbers that I want us to think about today. The first one of those is 66,000. There are 66,000 people living around Mountain View Sunnyside in our District 5, so our little division of the city council who have no clue about who Jesus is. They do not care about what happens here. They could care less if this place was actually bought by the guy who wanted to put up apartments instead of be bought like us, bought by us. They could care less. However, they matter so much to us that we're going to do everything we can to see that 66,000 reduced as much as we could in our lifetime. Because if that number goes down, that means that there are people like you and me who have met Jesus and everything has changed. If you've met Jesus, you know what that is about. You know that that's 66,000. We want that to be a temporary number that only goes down. Second number I want us to think about is 3.1 billion. That is large. That is a lot of money or, and a lot of people. And so 3.1 is the amount of people who live on planet Earth who have no access to a church whatsoever. It's not like they just decided, no, I don't want to go today. I want to do something else. They wouldn't know how to get to church if they even had the desire to. 3.1 billion. And out of that 3.1 billion people that are unreached people groups, as people who study that like to say, they're totally unreached. They have no clue about who Jesus is. They have no desire to know about Jesus is because they have no clue. 3.1 billion, out of that 3.1 billion, 45,000 of those die every single day. They die without ever hearing about Jesus. And that is a number that should haunt us, but also motivate us into doing what we're going to talk about today, into going, giving, and praying. Because as a church, as Christians, our mission is to go, give, and pray because our world needs Jesus, and Jesus came to save the world. Those are his own words. He had just demonstrated this in a way that nobody in his society thought was ever going to happen. And he said, of course, I'm going to show love and salvation to people who are far 
far from me because I came to seek and save the lost. That's good news from Jesus for people like you and me because he looks at us, he sees us, and he runs after us, not because one day we're going to be good enough, but because he loves us. And that changes everything for us. One of the people that that changed everything for was a guy named Paul. Paul used to hate Christians until literally the day that he became one, and then everything changed for him. Throughout the course of his life, he traveled everywhere where he could and told everyone he could about Jesus, which led him many times into jail. And so what we're going to look at today is something that Paul wrote from jail. It wasn't posh, nice jail. It wasn't like minimum security. This was Roman dungeon jail. And so he writes this in Ephesians chapter 6. You can go there in your Bible or in your app. He says this in verse 18. He says, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Like, I read that. The first time that I read that, he's asking, please pray for more Christians. That sounds, we're just going to be honest here, okay? This is church. That sounds a little self-serving, right? Of all of the brokenness and all of the everything wrong in the world, he's saying, hey, could you pray for me and like all the other people like me? Just do that. Like, that doesn't seem very like a brokenhearted selfless. But the thing is, is that the rest of the world following Jesus is nothing like we experience it. Like, there could be a trillion things about this place that you don't like, and and you would wish that you could change, and so many other people, it's totally different for them, their reality of following Jesus, because for them, following Jesus doesn't just bring with it t-shirts, it brings persecution. We're going to watch a bunch of videos, and the media team is going to play the first one of those right now. The desert. A never-ending wilderness barren and desolate. But even here, if you look closely, there's life to be found. These are yucca brevifolia, better known as a Joshua tree. This single tree could be hundreds, even thousands of years old. And that's because what you see is only part of the story. Underground, there's a massive network of roots going down to water, pulling that water out of the ground and storing it in the tree keeping the tree alive, resilient to the desert wasteland. In the world today, one in eight Christians are discriminated against, oppressed, even attacked, just because they follow Jesus. They are desperate voices crying out in a dry land. When I became a Christian, my village turned against me. I no longer belong. China, the government installed facial recognition cameras in our sanctuary. That camera can gather the private data of our church members. They will intimidate them, they will prevent them from going to church. That means We know from this year's World Watch List that 340 million Christians live in places around the world where they are discriminated against or persecuted because of their faith in Jesus. That number is hard to imagine, hard to get your mind around, but we know that God is faithful. In the book of Isaiah, God tells his people, I will make new ways in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
in which of persecution churches are growing more through the persecution god is making the church grow we are so united together like never before we have a revival in our church even in the severe persecution sabodaka wana mabazamu adwachioba sedemu adwachio ubengi chale bam karfafawa wanda zamu jimre God has sent a river into the wilderness and his people are resilient. Like the Joshua tree, they're living boldly in the desert and they depend upon the church, the roots of his family for water and support. They are so encouraged by Christians from America. Pray for them, really care for them. It's like a body of Christ. When you read the 2021 World Watch List and let it touch your heart, When you commit to pray for your brothers and sisters who are persecuted around the world for their faith, you're helping God make rivers in the desert and helping his children to stand strong for him. The prayer is the core. When you don't know anything, just pray. When you don't understand anything, pray. You will understand. Open Doors has been called into this work to strengthen God's people in the desert and to help them overcome the odds. Will you join us? We can't control the reality that the devil hates the church and even though he's defeated, he's going to do everything he can to snuff out the church and make sure that people like us never hear about Jesus whether that's here or whether that's places where, where the church is illegal. And so the thing is, is this has been the model of the church from the very beginning. Like Christians run into difficult situations where everybody else is running out because there are lives and there are people like you and me who need to hear about Jesus. And so what do we do? We stay alert and we pray to empower the mission. We stay alert and we pray to empower the mission. That's what Paul is talking about when he writes this. He's writing, Paul's the guy who's writing this. He's writing this from jail in Rome. Very soon he's going to be beheaded because he won't stop talking about Jesus. This is the, if you're a 90s kid, this is the original death row records, okay? The guy is going to die. He's about to be beheaded and he's telling people, okay, pray for me. Pray for Christians. And the thing is for us, we need to remember that this is a real thing. That even though this doesn't exist in Fresno and Clovis, this, is, this exists. And it's scary. And at the same time, it's the way that the church grows. So inside your paper, you've got this. Uh, it's a big paper. Second 90s reference. I love it when they call me big paper. So there you go. I was worried that nobody was going to get it, but thank goodness Hannah's here. Okay. <laughs> So the top one of these, it says Fresno, uh, and then it goes down, and there's these red numbers. Uh, and this is the world watch list that the cool guy with no hair on TV said. Uh, and these are the 50 places where it's hardest to be a Christian in the world. So if you take uh, roughly a million people in Fresno, uh, pre-COVID, about 13% of those uh, went to church and loved Jesus and let it impact their life. So that comes out to about 134,000 people. And then you run down these countries, and, uh, and there's fewer and fewer Christians. And that, that orange number is the number of Christians that there would be in Fresno County if that percentage uh, of believers that it is in these countries was how it was here. So you flip over the back, and you've got Turkey, where it's 0.01% evangelical. And that means that in all of our county, there'd be 52 Christians, i.e. less people than there are in this room. 
And so we pray for this. We pray for this because this isn't our reality. Like, if you know me, there isn't a part in your life where you're thinking, man, I wish somebody would ever invite me to church. That's me, and I do it weekly, all right? This is like a thing, but for so many people, there's no one like that because there's no church. And so what do we do is, is we pray for people to meet Jesus, for there to be trees and, and life in the desert where there's nothing. We pray for that. Uh, on your paper, this paper, not the other five that we've talked about, this paper. Uh, you look at the bottom, it says, live the mission, pray, and I want a heart to pray. Uh, you could check a box to learn to go to a prayer training uh, in April or May, or check the bottom box to become part of a weekly corporate prayer gathering. And one of these, the one that I want to highlight, uh, has been really good, like COVID has been a good thing because it's forced us to think creatively. Uh, there's a group of us who gathers on Wednesday morning. We gather on Zoom because we all have kids at home who need to be prepped and like ready for school and stuff. So we gather on Zoom and we pray for stuff that God is doing around the world. And this Wednesday uh, from 6.15 to 6.55, if you're wondering why is it only 40 minutes, because I'm not going to pay for Zoom. That's why. Um, <laughs> that means it can never go late, okay? Uh, we're going to gather and we're going to pray for a couple who is uh, missionaries in Southeast Asia, and we're going to see one of their videos in a bit. Uh, but you can talk to me. I can give you all the info. Or you just check on your little paper. I want to know about a weekly prayer meeting. And we will get you information uh, about joining us to pray for God's church around the world. So we stay alert and we pray to empower the mission. In verse 19, he says this. He says, and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. So we give to send the mission to everyone. We pray because nobody should go if we don't pray. And we give because nobody can go if we don't give. And we give to send the mission to everyone. Paul, as he's writing this, he, he says... He says, pray for me, ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. In his mind and, and in our world, because there are two groups of people, Jews and non-Jews, which you call Gentiles, he's saying this good news is for everyone. And so he's going from city to city as much as he can go before cars, before planes, before all this stuff, walking to tell everybody that Jesus came for them, that Jesus wants relationship for them. We give weekly to do that here out of Mountain View, Sunnyside. That everyone within that 66,000 people that live around here who has no clue and does not care who Jesus is, we give so that they could find out from this place that God loves them. They can find out from this place that there's sin in their life and sin in my life, and it separates us from God. They can find out that Jesus stepped into the world to pay for their sin, to bring them in relationship with God, just like he did for those of us who call ourselves Christians. We fund that here. We do that weekly. And I want to say, pause all of this. Forget everything I've said and forget everything I'm about to say. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, then you are the mission. You are welcome here. We want you here. You are not second class or anything. You are the center of the bullseye because we want you to know the same Jesus that's changed our lives. And you're going to have a chance to say yes to that later on today. You are the mission. You are why we exist. It's because we want you to know Jesus. So that's what we fund weekly. And then every once in a while, we, we do this to take the good news of what Jesus has done in us and push it out across the world. And to push it out for people to meet Jesus. And, and that takes finances. That takes 
God doing stuff. That takes God putting us in places to give what he's given us to do more than we could ask or imagine. We've got a video about giving. We're going to play that one. Media team's got it. Let's roll tape. Hi, Mountain View. We are Sean and Judy, and we are reporting to you from Myanmar. It's been a very uh, not boring first year um, for many reasons, and COVID has been the least of our problems. The, this past month, uh, at the beginning of February, the, the military took over the elected government uh, in the middle of the night, arresting all the elected officials and um, taking power for themselves. Myanmar has, it had been a dictatorship for the 50 of the last 60 years and had just started opening up in the past couple years. And so this is a giant step back and very shocking to everybody that we have been in contact with. So yeah, the military or the people have been on the streets for the past month. They've been protesting pretty much every single day, uh, very peacefully. But in the past week, the military has become fed up with the protesters and have begun to take drastic actions. Uh, they are arresting people in the middle of the streets. They're breaking into people's homes and dragging them out and arresting them. Uh, they are starting to use. Uh, tear gas and rubber bullets and also live ammunition on peaceful protesters. So the situation has definitely been escalating in the last couple of days and weeks. Uh, as we've been talking with our neighbors and our friends here, we can just tell that everybody is completely heartbroken. They are, they are grieving for the future that they were dreaming of. They are uh, just completely in fear and they are very angry about what is happening. Yeah, so we want to uh, we want to ask you to pray with us uh, in this very unique situation and time that we're in. Um, pray for the country. Uh, so we were starting to pray for Myanmar. Uh, we initially prayed that things would go back to what they were just uh, these past couple of years, but we're now starting to pray that no God, would you please just move this even further for all the ethnic minorities in this country to be acknowledged and have equal rights for this country to experience full democracy and freedom and for this phase just to end quickly and uh, we pray for God's protection over all of the protesters as well and the peaceful people that are just waiting for better times and we're also praying for the church we have seen the same response in the church there's shock people don't know what to do and what God is doing in this time we pray that they would be encouraged that they would especially now reach out to their neighbors with hope beyond this earth and uh, also for this time and pray for us we really need wisdom in like day-to-day -day decisions um, uh, about how to go about this for us personally but also with the church plans that we're involved in and uh, we ask for protection and guidance and just uh, the right words at the right time we believe that God has sent us here for this specific time and we love Myanmar we love being here and we thank you so much for praying with us this morning thank you it's absolute upheaval there i mean none of us coming to church this morning had to drive through tear gas but there's churches meeting in Myanmar, and that's the type of thing that we want to fund because in a time of absolute social upheaval, the gospel is going to walk forward. The gospel is going to touch people's lives. The good news that Jesus stepped into a point of political oppression as he lived in his country and his land. And he brought the best news ever for anybody. That's the type of thing that we want to fund. We got another video from the next country over that's going to talk about that. Hey! 
We are Jeremy and Adrian Penner, and Aaliyah and Jaylin. Uh, we serve in Thailand among the Myanmar migrant worker communities here, and it's just our privilege to run with a team of national church planters, uh, really resourcing their vision and seeing their, their ministry be successful. So it's been a crazy year for us. I think it's been a crazy year for a lot of people. But uh, God's really been doing something in spite of all that. Uh, here in Thailand, we saw 944 people uh, come to Jesus over the course of 2020. And uh, 86 people baptized. And that's only on the Thai side, in Myanmar, even more. And so God's doing something new. Uh, he's opening doors. Uh, we've got invitations to share the gospel in new factories all over the place. Uh, he's doing something uh, in this season. So this last Christmas um, in Mesot, which is a, a city right on the border between Myanmar and Thailand, home to just uh, thousands and thousands of Myanmar um, refugees, migrant workers, we have a, a woman there, um, a widow with her grown children. She's a dynamic evangelist, uh, loves to share the gospel, um, and just someone that God is using powerfully for his kingdom. And so this Christmas, her and her children, her family, the church members, they literally sold everything they had and gave everything they could to go into new locations and throw Christmas parties and share the gospel. And, and you guys contributed to some of those Christmas parties. And, and through that, because of their sacrifice, 395 people came to the Lord. And we're just seeing um, just tons of people added to that number daily. They're just going out into all of these different camps, into all these new areas. And God is moving and doing something there. And we really believe that there's going to be not just one church plant there, mm -hmm. but a whole cluster in the coming years. Um, also, we had opportunity to go into an aluminum factory in Banbung. And this is home to just like hundreds and hundreds of Myanmar migrant workers, some Thai workers. And the owner is a Christian and has invited our team in and said, you know, I desperately want these people to know Jesus. And so we were just blown away by that. And, and as our team went in and shared testimonies, shared the gospel, shared the good news, what Christmas is all about, we saw 86 people come to the Lord in December. And actually, just this last Saturday, we had a chance to go into that same factory again. And, and I got to share a bit of my testimony, a bit of the gospel in Burmese. And, and then our leaders, you know, continue to share about the hope we have in Christ. And, and so we're just excited. We really believe that a church is going to be birthed in that factory community. There's already two really solid believers there that have been baptized and and so we're just really praying for them and just really believing in faith that they will be uh, the next leaders and pastors in that place so thank you so much mountain view for for giving for yeah for your your gifts your generosity your prayers your encouragement you guys are such a huge part of what god is doing in here in thailand in myanmar and around the world and so we just want to say thank you for standing with us we love you guys god bless you So you heard that, that some of the, the hundreds of people who became Christians at Christmas, they, that happened because people like you gave. Like we fund stuff like that. Uh, and our strategy as a church is to get in there before anybody else is there, to do it before it's cool. Uh, and to be the first ones on the ground uh, with funds ready to go to fund stuff that nobody knows about and that nobody's doing yet. And that pays, that's, that's awesome for us because the reason that we're here in this building was because people gave before there was substantial momentum behind this place. So this started with seven people. Mountain View Sunnyside began with seven people who were asking to become on as a satellite campus of Mountain View Church. And so the funding started happening when there were this many people in the room. We're here as a payoff of that. And so on your, on your envelope, 
there's the option to give. And if you're here and you prepared to give today, uh, you can write that in. And at the end of the service, you drop it in the basket. And if you're like, that's not happening today, I encourage you, give something by March 31st. Where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. Jesus knew exactly what he was talking about. We care about the things that we fund. Whether it's vacations, whether it's shoes, whether it's anything. We care about the things that we fund. And so this is an opportunity for us to put weight behind what we believe about the church, who we believe Jesus to be, and fund God's work across the planet in places that we may never go to. But we're going to minister to there. We're going to weigh in there financially so that people meet Jesus like we've met him. And then in verse 20, he says this. He says, and I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. I think there's two really big things in that sentence. I'm in chains right now as God, and I'm in chains right now preaching this message as God's ambassador. The first thing is that we go as ambassadors. We go as ambassadors boldly living the mission as we should. Like God doesn't need lawyers. God doesn't need editors. God doesn't need apologists. God doesn't need sanitizers who are going to take what he says in his word and then demystify it and make it soft for today's word. He needs people who are going to tell people like we needed to hear at one point in our lives that we have run away from God. God runs after us in the person of Jesus to bring us back into relationship with him. That's what we need. That is the hope of the world. And as ambassadors, what we do is we go out and we say in a foreign land, so here, the things that are on our king's heart, the things that God is about. We advance his policies, his practices, his value of human life from womb until tomb. And we speak. We have to talk to do that. That's what Paul says here. He says, I'm in chains now for preaching this message as God's ambassadors. So keep on praying, or so pray that I will keep on speaking. This is where it gets tough for us because we have to use our voice. We can't just do good deeds. We have to use our voice to invite people. We have to use our voice to tell people about, about what God has done in us and what God wants to do in them. And the thing about being a Christian, the thing that's so great about events like this and passages like this is even when it gets difficult and impossible and fatal, again, this is death row records. Paul doesn't walk out of jail. He gets buried out of jail is that even when it gets darkest, the gospel still shines. I think that gives us hope as we look at change and things that's happening in our society. I mean, what if they pass this? What if they pass that? What is going to happen to the church? Absolutely nothing. Because it never has. We worship a king who was killed unjustly and it ended up being the best thing in the history of the world because through Jesus' death, we have life. And even when it goes badly, we keep on preaching. We got one more video. Let's roll tape. Preach okay. in Thailand. That's where the people were in the last two videos. And the army showed up to break it up because you can't be a Christian there. And that's a gunshot. And there are people there who died because they believed in Jesus. And so the next picture that the media team is going to put up, those are people who got baptized the next week because they found out that even in the face of death, God is better. Even in the face of death, Jesus still forgives sins. And if the trigger man would have been there, 
the gospel would have been proclaimed to them too. Because that's who we are as Christians is we run into the disaster when everybody else is running out. We run into the darkness when everybody is running out. And Paul ends with something that I love. I think it's so applicable. I think it's so unique for us. As he says, he says, so pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Like, I used to hate that word should. Like, just say yes or no. Make up your mind. Don't should all over the place. Just say yes or no. Because you should do this. You should be nice to your parents. You should be nice to your kids. You should have a good marriage. You shouldn't wear spaghetti straps and booty shorts to church, sir. Right? (laughs) There's shoulds in all of our life. But where I want to end this today is that we all have a should. Okay? Imagine me walking into your job and telling people about Jesus. I'm not skilled where you're skilled. I'm not kind where you're kind. I don't know the people that you know, but you know. So going for you looks like you're going where you should. You're going to your nine to five. You're going to the people that already know you and already know that you're a Christian. So who's going to go there? You should. We pray this over you. What Paul says, I'm in chains right now, so pray that Mountain View Sunnyside will go to their homes, will minister to their kids, will be a light on their street, will be hope in darkness, and keep speaking boldly for Jesus as they should, where they should, because you're already wired for that. We look at praying, anyone can pray. We look at giving, all of us have something to give. We look at going, and some people are going to go across the world, and that's amazing. If you feel like God is calling you to leave this place and go do work for him, talk to me at the end of the service. But all of us are wired for a should already. All of us already have a place, already have, all of us already have gifts inside of us from God that there is a place that we should go because it's got our name on it. And so as we look at live the mission, yes, it means going to places where there's still gunfire at reality, at at revivals. And it also means that we go there tomorrow when we go to school. We go there tomorrow or this afternoon when we go back to work. Because that's our should, and that's what God's calling us to. When we live the mission, we make Jesus look good, and we glorify God. That's our orders. That's our marching orders from King Jesus. Our mission is to go and to give and to pray. And as we do that, as we love people the way that Jesus has loved us, we make Jesus look good because that's what made him look good to you and to me. What is that? There's a God who loves you, a Jesus who died for you, a Holy Spirit who wants to live inside of you and change you from the inside of you to the outside of you. And that's our mission to take that everywhere we go as God has said, this is where you're going. This is what you should do. Go, I am with you. Let's stand up.